When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Yeah, later on the show, Sound Advice, Empire of the Sun and, man, Movie of the Week. One of my favourites, Mad Max 2. I don't think there's ever been a better Australian movie. Nothing says Grand Final at week like Mad Max 2. Uh, <laughs> but it's time for Webster. Now, are you satisfied? It's a grand final stinger. I love it. That is. Now, Webby, you've written an article, Parramatta, 36 Years of Pain. I can imagine... Uh, you interviewed a lot of the characters that have been involved in that 36 years. Including Brian Smith. I tracked down old Smithy. Selling prawns on the North Coast. Is Brian he? Smith, yeah. We had a good old chat. How was he? He was good. He was good. He, he, and I, it's, so I've written a story today more about how, just showing how dysfunctional, I think that, that's the big story out of the years, like how dysfunctional that club's been for the last 10 years to the point where in late 2013, the board, uh, <laughs> the board appointed Jason Taylor as coach of the Parramatta Eels for 14 onwards. That was one week, and then a week later, they the board backflipped on their own decision and appointed Brad Arthur. So you talk about a sliding doors moment where mm. they actually had had shown so much faith in Jason Taylor, got Brad Arthur, who's had so many ups and downs, and here they are in a grand final, but. The piece I'm working on for tomorrow was the 36 years of misery that's happened with the Parramatta Eels. And there seems to be four games, 98 preliminary, mm. 01 grand final, 05 preliminary against the Cowboys, and the 09 grand final. They seem to be the, the four really big ghosts. Yeah. I wouldn't say around. 09s wouldn't be because they totally overachieved. They you have a look at that. Did. If you have a look at that team, their grand final team, like in all due respect, the players in the key positions – Weren't superstar. It was on the back of Hayne. It's the best. It's the best couple of months of footy there will ever be. What he yeah. did, and they shut him down. Melbourne. Mm. They went after That's him in the first half and really. That's what Melbourne yeah. are very good at, aren't they? Yeah. Identify the strength and nullify it. Yeah. But it's just it's funny though because so Brian said to me, and he hasn't talked. I haven't seen him talk publicly for some time, and I talked to him about um, missing out on you know never getting it done with with Parramatta. Like he had eleven seasons there, they had some great opportunities. And I said, "Did it? Does it? Does it haunt you?" And he said, "When I was when I was coaching, I was too busy for it to affect me. But it's only three or four years into retirement from first grade coaching that it's actually he's gone. Oh my God, this isn't going to happen." That's interesting when you said I was too busy at the time because he was a serious workaholic. Mm. Um, Peter Sharp, who was his assistant, told me that he had a bed in his office, and after they played in the Sunday game, he wouldn't go home. Sometimes for two days, he would just sit there and cut tape. So oh. that's not healthy. What are you saying? Did, 
I thought you were talking about something else. You wouldn't go home after a Sunday game for a couple of days. <laughs> a couple of days. So my, no, my not sort that, of man. Not that luck. sort of dude. But but yeah, it was interesting that he had that perspective. Uh, now that he's actually retired, that he's been that he's managed to to you know okay to our, reflect our on it like that. Our man Nathan Highmarsh spoke to Hindy. I spoke to Hindy. He said it's, there's a piece of him that will never be satisfied. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think he really he he seems genuinely mm. affected by it. Benny, that's look, trauma, isn't yeah. it? That is generational trauma. And you blokes taking the Mickey out of him every week. Oh, what about that? Hang your head and you get those little moments, don't you, with Hindy? And he... Yeah, and I and I feel like yes, we as Joey just mentioned, we do take the Mickey out of Hindy when it comes to premierships. Everyone does. You walk down, you know, you walk down Caxton Street with Nathan Highmarsh, <laughs> and it's show us your ring, Hindy. Where's your premiership? And you know, it's. It's water off a duck's back, but sometimes I, oh. sometimes I look at Heine, I know it, I know it hurts him still. Like it, there is, there is a trauma there. And, right. he, and the four games that you talk about, it's he never, he doesn't. Yeah, the two thousand one, two thousand nine, it's the two thousand five twenty nine nil to the Cowboys that I think is the one that cuts him the deepest because once they were again, flying that year. He they said that was the year that we should have yeah. won. Because, and see ninety eight. Which was such an epic semi-final. He was only a young bloke. Yeah, young bloke. Guy. Young bloke. This, this will happen every tomorrow. Yeah, this will happen. But mm. imagine. Well, so, but so just as Hindy cops are ribbing, the, but the the real poster boy for Parramatta misery has got to be poor carriage. Oh, so yeah. I, got, I went back and watched that. I went back and watched that. The sort of the last twenty minutes of that game. Mm. Had, Holy had, hell! Had a great season. That last twenty minutes, he I think uh, encapsulated. How the side fell apart, and but that was also a year that they like they beat they beat Brisbane in the first week of the semis. So you know the eventual premiers that year. So it's not like they they were they shouldn't have been there. But eighteen two, eighteen two, with ten with ten to go. Oh, and Rod, Sil- to go. Rod Silver yeah. scored. It. He did speculator yeah, off and, and offload, and, 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 and Halligan then... kicked two from three from the sideline. As part of it to bring it yeah. back in. Remember that last yeah. one with Chook? It started to fire, uh, hook and then it just straightened it and went the other way. Uh, Had the Irish swing. Yeah, yeah swung late. It's anyway. funny because poor old Nathan has become, and I was saying this to Webby during the week, he's become the personification of Parramatta's failure when really there is 36 other years of pretty ordinary para players that haven't stood up, but poor old Hindy but carries because, it on his back. Well, it's because he's played more games than any other yeah, Parramatta true. player, yeah. so he's mm. there for all of it. Tim Manor wasn't particularly nice, old happy Tim Manor. Oh. He, he, he goes, he said, I, can, what are you, I know what you're calling for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing he said. When I, <laughs> he goes, always a good topic. What do you want to know? Oh, man. <laughs> happy bump, happy oh. Timmy, Timmy Manor, not so happy about that. Yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, but he was well, yeah, like eighty six. I tell you, like, and, and a lot of people don't talk about this. They underestimate it. But the influence of Ray Price, and mm. Ray Price has never been replaced. There's never been a player like him. They they hadn't played, never won a grand final until Price got there. I don't think they played finals football until Price arrived there in seventy eight or seventy nine right, from yeah. Rugby Union. Yeah, and his whole time there, they never missed in the semi finals, and. They've never won a comp since. I think it was something like Kenty said. The next eight years or nine years after Price retired, they never played finals football. They played. They, so they, they made grand final 60, 76, 77, of course. And then because I wrote the, this book on Jack Gibson, and I remember when they finally won in eighty one, and uh, Steve Edge, the captain, told me he said they were so unaware of what to do that Jack had to tell them which way to start the lap of honour. And then they win four. They win four in five years, and you know they think they're going to be. They're going to be four, four, four and six years, thinking they're going to be 
winning these forever. They what, still haven't. What about... Um, but it's the la- don't you reckon it's the last big drought of the Sydney oh, powerhouses to be broken? Look, the Dragons have done it. And, the Tigers have done it. And without the... If, South if they, have done it. Cronulla have done it. If they don't do it Sunday, looking at all the players who are leaving... Mate, you're, you're talking about it could be a long time. No, this is their chance. This is the one. This is the window. Mm. Yeah. The window. Peter, Peter Wynn told a great story. Talking about those great 80s sides. Peter Wynn, and I think this rule sums up the street smarts um, and the genius of Jack Gibson. He said in 19, and a little bit later I'm going to show about this, I've gone right through the list because I've just got nothing to do, and had a look at all the players who have played for both Parramatta and Penrith. And Bob O'Reilly played for Penrith and was bought to the club by uh, Parramatta. Bob O'Reilly had retired, yeah. and when Jack got the job, he rung Peter Wynn, who was a young player, and said, drive over to Bob O'Reilly's house and pick him up for training. And he said, Bob O'Reilly's retired. He can barely walk because of his knees. He said, drive over, pick him up. He's playing. And he said, like, Bob at the time was gone, but Jack realised this is a bloke who's going to teach him how to win. This is a bloke with experience, and this is a guy that's just going to be great for the group. And they loved him. And absolutely and did, and did, loved him. Uh, the, the story I like is from the 82 grand final where they were going so good against Manly, Jack didn't even go into the rooms at half time. Wow. And I remember Sterling said to me, for that book, he said, he said, just knowing that he wasn't even there, he said that just, that just filled us with more confidence because we just knew we were going that good. And Wayne took the cues from that. They, Wayne, talking about Smithy in the 2010 grand final, they were bad in the first half. St. George Lawara, and uh, Wayne walks in the shed, looks around, and just goes, "Hey, listen, boys, let's go back to playing dragons football." That was it. That was and in the other dressing room, yeah, you know, there's X's and O's boys. and everything going on. You know, it just shows that simplicity in big game. I don't remember any. There's only probably one or two halftime speeches I ever remember. One great one, and one really bad one. <laughs> Apart from that, I just don't know. You, know, you just sort of. Do, do you what what were you guys more nervous before grand finals than any other match? Never. No. no? Grand final day in 97 I wasn't even nervous. Really? Cuz you got there. Yeah. But like the hard work is done, the the dice is rolled. You've done all the hard work, just get out there and win. Shall we were you nervous? Nah. Excited. Were you ever a nervous type of player? Uh, early on. Yeah. Definitely early on. I'm, I was first more nervous. couple of years. I was more nervous grand final qualifier because you go I just can't, the next the next week's just going to be so good. Just want to get there. See, I've heard, heard players, former players, say that that's the that's the tougher game out of the out of the two. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But grand final day, woke up and just not a bit. I remember in the sheds before the game, we're just pumped, we're that excited, we're actually joking around. Everyone's like, "Come on, boys, no matter what, let's be cool." Our thing used to be, "Let's be cool," like George Clooney, right? you know, and Pulp Fiction. I was Fiction. more Fonzie. Yeah, do you remember the guys? Uh, I think, I, although Fonzie having his office in a toilet. Yeah, that's bad, <laughs> and, and it's questionable. There. Some of the people he was dating, I reckon. You know, there's a... who was the Ralph Mouth of the uh, of the nights? I would say uh, the jokes probably Husey. He'd be the Ralph Mouth. <laughs> Potsy was uh, Robbie Davis. I can remember the day of the grand final. So the day of the grand final, we're all down at breakfast, and one of the papers had a you know a small caption on each player. Blah, blah, blah. Paul Harrigan, heart and soul, this. You know, Adam Muir, strike player on the edge. Mark Hughes, shoulders like a brown snake. Boozy's looked at it, Boozy's friend. But I remember remember that week in 97, I remember calling Gary. I remember calling you old. Gary Harley. (laughs) Gary Harley. (laughs) Hello, Webby, how are you? (laughs) No, Gary Johns. Gary Johns, on the day that the telly ran the story about you with your punctured lung, Joseph, oh, yeah. you could die. You, he could die. 
Nathan, was it Nathan Gibbs who yeah. said he could die? Yeah. And I called and your father was not happy. No. Nah. Dad was <laughs> – all that week, Dad was on the picket line because uh, the mines were on strike against all the Rio Tinto mines. So Dad was – he was manning the picket lines. So gotcha. it was a big week for the family. There you go. There's a film in this. There's there a is. Film in this. There is. We'll take a break. Honest Opinions next.